Boys and girls, welcome back to the Man to Man podcast. I am your host, Kelvin Dooley. And as always, joining me, my co-host, all the way from somewhere in the middle of Oklahoma. First name, Trey. Last name, Vine. But I know him as Big Time TV. TV, what's going on? Uh... Not much, man. Just uh, starting the show off with my moment to do this time instead of waiting until 30 minutes in. Is that, was, was that the do we just heard? Was that it? Yeah, that was it. The do got to speak before me today. Oh, <laughs> man. We had, we, had to, we had to start the show off right. We had to there open it with the do. Uh, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I like that. I like how you just – I like how the do spoke for you opposed yeah. to you uh, speaking first. I like that. That was a good move. Yeah. Finally, TV gets the moment of do. We properly inserted it to the show at its proper time. Thank you, TV. Yeah. For time. <laughs> finally, <That's> finally. <laughs> uh, as we always do, let's start the show with the national holidays. Today, TV, here's a fun one. I, this may be the best one we've done in, in our first 30 episodes or 25, 26. Today is National Gorgeous Grandma Day. Uh, first of all, I'm so surprised that this is a national holiday. would have never guessed that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a great one, right? Like, my gorgeous grandma deserves some love. So, let's let's give the gorgeous grandmas some love. Absolutely. Shouts out to all the grandgeous Grandges, uh, gorgeous grandmas. I, my, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to have at least one grandmother alive. Uh, my mom's mother, uh, Dorothy. Hello, you're very gorgeous. Uh, not just today, but every day. Listen to this episode, but uh, just know I shouted you out on one of my one of my many hobbies and ventures. So, hello, gorgeous grandma. Love you, Dorothy. Uh, also, today yeah. is not Vanilla Ice Cream Day. TV. Um, what would you rank vanilla ice cream on your list of favorite ice cream flavors? Um, it's up there, Kelvin. Like it's it's got to be third, I think. Third, I probably put vanilla. So vanilla, I, vanilla by itself is great, but not top three or five for me. Butter brinkle, okay. which is vanilla ice cream with. I don't know, a little butter brinkles. I don't know what the hell it is. Um, now, that combination is probably like two or three. So okay. vanilla ice cream in combination with something else, it's something else, um, a topping or another flavor is delicious. But vanilla by itself, I could, I could do without. I could do without. I love vanilla ice cream, just plain. I can, I can eat it, just straight vanilla ice cream anytime. I love it. But I would say... Number one for me is strawberry ice cream. I love strawberry ice cream. And Overrated. Then, no way. And then number two, I would say cookies and cream, which is obviously just vanilla ice cream with Oreos in it. Yeah. With Oreos in it. So, I mean, that's still vanilla ice cream. Um, but after that, man, I, I just give me some straight vanilla. Uh, I love vanilla ice cream. Okay. Our final question. Mountain Dew flavor ice cream? Never had it, but I would absolutely do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely Never had it. Uh, the only thing the only thing i have done and and by the way i thought this was very clever and, and actually i'm glad i thought of it 
uh, this was like back in high school. I thought I was like the funniest guy on the planet. I put, I poured my Dr. Pepper into a, a bowl of vanilla ice cream and called it 24 flavors of ice cream. Uh. <laughs> hey, hey, for a moment in time, you were legitly the smartest guy on the planet. That is a brilliant <laughs> and clever idea. Thank uh, you. That Thank is, you. That, yeah, that, that is. That is, yeah, that was, that's great right there. Uh, so instead of it being Mountain Dew flavored ice cream, it would just be a Mountain Dew float. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. I, I would try it, but I'm sure I would harshly dislike it. I really would. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're, crazy. you're crazy. Yeah. Coming up on today's show, it is Friday. So, you know, we're bringing out the best dad jokes. We give our Cardinals and Royals updates, our weekly Friday updates. We haven't brought that to you in about, what, two weeks, TV? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a minute since you heard about our cards and our Royals. Uh, Yermine Mercedes then unretires in the span of 24 hours. Uh, the Bucks captured their second NBA Finals championship, and the Big 12 is turning into the Little 8. Okay, we'll get to those shortly. But first, we will start with the NFL. Uh, there are a lot of training camps opening up today. Uh, my Kansas City Chiefs rookies and quarterbacks are reporting today. Uh, but that's not the story. The story is the NFL sent out a memo to its teams saying possibly if an unvaccinated player causes causes an outbreak in the locker room, that player will – the team will, first and foremost, the team will have to forfeit games and all the players who do not play will not get paid. Uh, there has been several dozens of players who speak out on this matter since this memo was sent out. TV, your thoughts on the NFL bullying, bullying their way into NFL locker rooms and coming up with this possible memo and idea or rule change for that matter. Oh my goodness. What, what a story, right? Like this, right. Is, this is insane. Um, first me and you, I mean, we've already discussed it twice this year. Brandon Bean of the Buffalo Bills, the GM, had announced that he would do whatever it takes to get back to normal, yada, yada, yada. And then Cole Beasley came out saying, like, look, I'm not getting vaccinated because I don't have to. It's my choice. Um, and then now here we are. The NFL is doing what Brandon Bean essentially was trying to do. Um, I, I, just, I think it's crazy. I think it's a step too far to, you know, not you're not you're not going to pay the players force the team to forfeit their game when we literally just went through this last year and we tried to reschedule and do everything we could to play football games. And now this year we're just saying, Oh, well, if you're, if you cause an outbreak, then you're not getting paid and your team's not going to play football games. That just seems, seems like it's a step too far to me. I, I, I get wanting to protect everyone and wanting to stay healthy and, you know, wanting everything to be as I guess crisp and clean as we can have it. But, not paying the players and telling them, telling the teams that they've got to forfeit a game just seems like it's a step too far to me. You're, you're, you're not wrong, but I disagree. Okay. And look, I'm a, I'm a man of the extreme. So either I would do it, you know, and not do it at all, or I would do it and be the most extreme at it, whether that be attitude, whether that be pettiness, whether, <laughs> whether that be success. All right, so when I do something, I'm going to do the extreme version. I support and agree with the NFL's stance here. TV, last season, the NFL accommodated every team last year. Because every team at some point had a, an outbreak, whether that was 
small or large. The NFL bent over backwards to accommodate all 32 teams. This year, and they're allowing fans back into the venues. There's a lot of money at, uh, at stakes because they lost a lot. They lost millions of dollars, probably a billion dollars or more last season. I don't know the number. I just know they lost a lot. The NFL is not trying to duplicate that again. They do not want to double down on all of that money lost. I support this stance. Look, we're, we're right now we're in a point in this country uh, where the COVID numbers are going right back up. Right? So we thought we we, we were, we were making, taking strides just so we can go right back backwards, okay? The, and I actually support the NFL trying to – maybe, yeah, I led with bullying. Maybe they are bullying and pushing around its teams. But, hey, sometimes you got to take a strong stance. And, yeah, a lot of people aren't going to like it. But if it's for the betterment of your brand, the shield, and possibly the country, I can actually get behind it, okay? Now, it was one thing for Brandon Bean to do it, okay? Who the hell is Brandon Bean? But if the NFL, <laughs> Roger Goodell, is pushing this envelope forward, you know what, Roger? I could actually get behind this one. Look, if look, this is what it actually does is forces accountability and responsibility into these men in these actual locker rooms. Hey, you guys have to protect yourselves and your teammates. You have to do what it takes. Make the sacrifice. If not, you will lose a game check. And you will be forfeited the game. In TV, I don't know about you and your Broncos. As a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I think we owe the NFL a complete A whooping. We owe everybody. I don't want to see, I want to go 20 and 0. Patrick Mahomes said it. I want to be 20 and 0. I don't want to see a single player sitting out 20 and 0, baby. I'm speaking it into existence. Thank you, Roger Goodell, for making that path to 20 and 0 a little easier. I love how I brought that background to the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. So I got to say, Kelvin, you mm-hmm. were on a, you were on a roll. I tried to stop you and say one hundred and ten percent because I was agreeing with everything you were saying, and then you said Roger Goodell's name, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I was like, okay, seventy five percent because nobody likes Roger Goodell, and then and then you started coming at me with this chief stuff, and now I'm like twenty five percent. Just stop talking. I'm done. I don't want to listen anymore. No, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just kidding. But seriously, you you're on you're on the right track because. This is important to overcome what happened last year because last year we had schedule changes. Teams were mad because they were having to accommodate for the team that got COVID. And Correct. The that, and, the team, and the team that didn't have COVID is like, look, why are we getting punished? Why are we having to move our game when we are not the ones that right. have COVID? So you are absolutely right on that point because we don't need any more of that. We're just, we're just causing issues for more teams and, and causing more conflict inside the season. So, actually, you made that point, and I think that's a great point. That makes this a great idea. Look, if you get COVID, it's your fault and your fault only, and you won't be playing football. You will be forfeiting the football game. Great. Great decision. Yeah. I like sounds, it. Sounds uh, fair to me. I like it. Uh, unfortunately, it's Roger Goodell that's at the head of this, so uh, I'm not I'm not used to liking Roger Goodell's decisions, but, hey, this is a good one. Um, we've, got, we've, got to, we've got to make that to where the only team being – harmed or affected whatever word you want to use by COVID-19 as the team that's getting like positive cases from it and then they forfeit games and they're the only teams losing anything so that way the teams who are doing it right who are staying safe and are vaccinated and are just staying away from COVID-19 they're not getting harmed by the rule at all so I like it Um, it is a good decision I do think it's a step too far I guess still to 
tell them they're not getting paid. Um, I don't know. It just seems hard to me to tell a player that, like, yeah, you got sick, but, like, you're not going to get paid just because you went out and you accidentally got sick. Like, I I don't know if that's the right move. I'm still kind of iffy on that one. But, hey, it's nonetheless, it puts that, um, like you said, like th- they might be bullying them, but sometimes you have to take that step in order to make the right move. And, you know, it's going to hang that, you know, decision over their head. Like, do you really want to go out and do this? Because if you do, you might get COVID and you might lose your paycheck. So, um, you know, sometimes, like you said, sometimes in order to make the right moves, you've got to push, um, push it a little further than you want to. And, you know, maybe, maybe that helps get you over the hump and, and keeps you out of this uh, trouble with, with the coronavirus. So nonetheless, um, I think, I think you're right. I think it is a good move. Um, but the, all that chiefs nonsense at the end, 20 and oh, you can just, <laughs> you, you can go to bed on that. That's, that's not happening. My, the final thing. My only issue with this stance is they released it, I think, a few months late. Probably so. Like, opposed to saying it days before training camp, they should have said this two months earlier. And maybe you put the onus on the players. Like, okay, if they're if they're serious about this stance, maybe I should go get vaccinated. Yeah. And I've, again, even, I've even seen silly headlines already saying something about, like, players retiring over it. Like, who's going to – like, like if DeAndre Hopkins or – someone young who has a long future head retires over this, that's their own fault, right? Like what are you going to yeah. do? Retire, retire this year. So that way you don't have to worry about the COVID-19 rule and then try to come back next year and, and hope that the COVID-19 rule isn't there anymore. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know if these headlines were serious things, but like, if that is actually a scenario that players are considering, that's their own, that's their own problem. Like, I, I don't see the point in retiring over a rule. <laughs> so, yeah. Look, look, I, D-Hop is the best receiver in football. I would hate to see him go. Uh, but if he retires, then he retires. Yeah. Uh, I like – I I say that as if the Chiefs won't have their own issues with this. There may be players on the Chiefs who feel the same way. Look, I, I'm just banking on, hey, I got the best player in football. I like to think if, if the Arizona Cardinals lose DeAndre Hopkins, hey, that, that increases the, ch- the, Chiefs, the chances of the Chiefs Absolutely. winning the Super Bowl. Absolutely. If the Broncos lose Von Miller and Bradley Chubb to the virus, hey, that increases the chance of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. So, Absolutely. Uh, bring us in with the Big 12. Big 12, Big 12, man. Um, like you said, they might be the little eight soon. Um, the little eight. Man, if they if they become the little eight, because I love it, it, it it's already. I think it's already. Uh, if if they leave, I think we've already coined the term. Uh, college football should probably listen to the man to man podcast. They should call us, get permission to call it the little eight, because that's great. Yes. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> if it really happens, man, I think this is bad for college football in general. I think it's great for Oklahoma and maybe the the other powerhouse schools that will benefit from it. But I think it's bad for college football in general. I don't like the idea, like, I don't like the idea of loading everyone up in one conference or loading everyone up together that they can. I understand there's still good teams out in the Big Ten and there's still some good teams out in the Pac-12. But if Oklahoma and Texas do this right, why not USC and Oregon next year, right? Like, why don't they leave the Pac-12 to go to the SEC next year? And then the next year, why not Wisconsin and Ohio State leaving the Big Ten to go to um the sec because if you think about it like all those top schools carry their conference so i mean the same thing that's happening to the big 12 could easily happen to the big 10 and the in the pac 12 i just think 
I think loading everyone up, I mean, heck, if we're going to do it, let's just put the 32 best teams in one conference and call it uh, a college football season. Because I just think loading everyone up like that, putting them in one conference, we don't have a good conference anymore. Because OU and Texas, if they leave, we aren't sure that it's happening yet, but I think it's going to. Um, If they leave, who's left in the Big 12 to be the little eight? Who's left to be good? Like Oklahoma State? Like that's your only (laughs) – that's your only quality program left in that conference. Kansas State's up and down. Iowa State's up and down. But, like, I mean, that conference is done if OU and Texas leave. I, I just I, – and like I said, I think it leads to a chain reaction. Like, then maybe the next two teams are USC and Oregon, and then maybe the next two teams are Ohio State and Penn State or Ohio State and Wisconsin, whatever. I mean, I just – I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not sure about it. Yeah. Again, so it, again, I think it's good for the big teams. I think it's a weird look for college football. Yeah. So just to set this up, and for for those of you who aren't aware of, of the topic and what we're talking about, Texas and Oklahoma of the Big Twelve are discussing possibly leaving the Big Twelve for the SEC, which would turn the Big Twelve, a major collegiate conference, one of the Big Five, uh, into a one of. I, it would go big five to out the big five, and it would be a big Absolutely. four. Going to the SEC and making that a super conference. Mm. My my thoughts – look, I hate it, and maybe I'm just a traditionalist. Maybe I'm just a, the young, old guy. Get the hell off my lawn. Yeah, I think so. I, look, all I've ever known Texas and OU as Big 12 schools. Um, look, th- those two schools alone in the sport of football generate a lot of income and money and profit for the Big 12 and their schools, respectively. I would hate for the Big 12 to go out like this, okay? They lost A&M. They lost Mizzou. Neither one of those schools are, like, elite Big 12 schools, top-tier schools, but they're quality collegiate schools. They lost those two. And to lose your two biggest moneymakers, specifically in the sport of football, OU is perennially a top-tier collegiate football program. Texas has been up and down as of the last 10, 15 seasons. But you can always count on Texas to have the attendance, to have the the NFL prospects, uh, to have the the rivalries, to have the the, the you know the televised games. To lose those two schools, that is a blow to the Big Twelve. And yeah. if I'm the Big Twelve commissioner, you got to do everything in your power to keep those two. And you look, I don't everything in in, in the athletic society in, in the sports world, I should say, the sports realm. We're transitioning to everything being super, right? Yep. More super teams. You know, more more of the athletes with the AAU and the NBA and the NFL quite isn't like this because their salary cap is constructed to avoid super teams. Mm -hmm. But um, Major League Baseball, the Yankees are typically a a, a super team. Like we're transitioning into a a phase where everything is going to be super. And here the SEC, I mean, the rich get richer, right? So – I support the SEC for trying, but I got to I got to stand with the Big Twelve as a fan and just as a I guess just as a fan. Hey, do not let Texas and Oklahoma leave. Do what it means to come on. Like let's let's not mess up college football. I, it just come on now. I'm just, with you. I'm with you. If you're Oklahoma and Texas, I, I, if it's about the money, sure. If it's about level of competition, because uh, you'll get to compete against Mississippi State, Alabama, LSU, great. But if, if you really want to face those guys and get a part of that back, how about just scheduling tougher non-conference schedules, which is an yeah. issue with collegiate football? I hate to see Alabama take on 
Tulane State, if that's even a real school. <laughs> yes. like, what the hell? Yes. If you want to play Oklahoma, let's get Oklahoma on the schedule uh, September 3rd in 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 in, in uh, AT&T Stadium in in, in Dallas. What do you, let's uh, let's go. Like so I I really hate it and I wish if 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 I just just stay in the big throw. Please Oklahoma. Please, I'm with Texas. You. I'm with you. Stay, I think stay stay stay. I think you're right. I think we are on the edge of the the purest and the old school. Like like we're young guys, we're both in our 20s, but I think we're on the edge of that old school purest. Like we just like keep it the same, man. It's it's better for college football. We we having some of those top tier schools in each conference is better than loading up the SEC. If yeah. OU, if, if OU and Texas go to the SEC, man, they're not going to be called the Southeastern Conference anymore. Let's just call it the Super Elite Conference and get it over. Yeah, with. that's they're really gonna, it. They're going to be the Super Elite Conference, and no one else will even matter. I mean, sure, Ohio State's still going to be good, but when you add OU and Texas to the SEC. Everyone already talks about how the SEC gets that extra love, right? Like that, they get that extra media attention because everyone yep. already think everyone already thinks the SEC is the better conference. So when you add OU and Texas to it, that's just going to hurt Ohio State, Penn State, USC, the, those schools I mentioned. It's going to hurt them even more when they're trying to make the playoffs each year. I just, yeah, see, I, I don't know if it hurts those guys. It, it, it maybe does from a competitive standpoint because if you're Alabama. There's no weeks off, and you have to be oh. rewarded for not having a week off. Mississippi yeah. State, LSU, you, Oklahoma's in the mix with our Heisman quarterbacks. Then you get Texas, who uh, who at least they've been above 500 the last three seasons. So they're they're back to being a, at least a quality football program. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the list goes on. It, uh, Auburn, Missouri, there's no weeks off. So I guess competitively it may hurt. But if you're Ohio State, if you're USC, if you're uh, Wisconsin – you're starting to turn up. You're starting to your, your eyebrows kind of raise a little bit. So if there's more money out there, yeah. just by switching the uh, conferences, hey, maybe we should look into it. Yep. And again, two powerhouse conferences in Oklahoma and Texas. It don't matter how you slice it; they're leaving. I mean, we may see a domino effect. I don't know how many teams you can squeeze <laughs> squeeze in the SEC, but yeah. hell. I know they're gonna try because I know they got the budget. <laughs> I know they got the money. So I'm telling you, man. I mean, if OU and Texas go, that makes it 15 and 16 teams. I'm telling you, we might as well just if somebody else starts calling saying they want the SEC, we might as well just make it a 32 team conference. The best 32 teams duke it out for a national championship, and then we just the other the rest of the Division One schools are just playing for fun. I don't know because I mean, at this point, we are just loading up a conference trying to get the best teams to play each other. Uh, all year, but like you said, that could be solved by playing non-conference games against better schools mm. instead of playing instead of playing Jackson, Weber, Mississippi, Kentucky State. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, anyway. on the, yes, on to the NBA, where the Milwaukee Bucks capture their second ever franchise title by defeating six at home in Milwaukee. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, was given, was rewarded, earned the finals MVP with a 50-piece. Not 50-point, but a 50-piece. 50-piece, 50-point performance against the Phoenix Suns. Trey, your thoughts on Milwaukee capturing the title and what does this mean for the NBA? Uh, This is great for the NBA, man. I'm just going to answer that question. This is great. Uh, And I hope you can hear the smile in my voice because, like, this – 
this is what I live for as a sports fan, right? I dogged the Bucks all year, all postseason, yeah. I should say, not all year. Yes, I dogged yes, them yeah. all postseason. And I, I look, I said, I don't think Giannis can do it. He's not, you know, he, he's not the scoring type. He's not going to be able to do it night in and night out. And on those nights that Chris Middleton doesn't save his butt, he's going to be in trouble. Chris Middleton saved his butt a couple of times. Had no, he didn't. No, he had, didn't. He had 40 pieces a couple of times when Giannis only scored 20 or 25, whatever. And, and, and Middleton had big games. But look, they were, orchest- they were a well-orchestrated group. When Giannis wasn't scoring, Chris Middleton was. I mean, this team was just built. They were built to win it. And I didn't see it. I didn't see it at all. They proved me wrong. Giannis had a huge game to get the Bucks out of that drought and win their title, um, first title in 50 years. And just, uh, look, man, I, I live for this, being proved wrong and and it being done in, in this fashion. They come back and win four straight. Look, man, the, the Bucks, the Bucks proved me wrong. Giannis proved me wrong. And uh, I loved his speech, man. He, Like you said, he could have. We, we already talked about it, man, the super teams. He could have went and joined the super team. He could have left and went to Dallas. A lot of people, heck, me and you discussed him and him and Luca playing together next year. He didn't need that. He didn't need that. He won it without, without his super team. He brought the title to Milwaukee. He has preached loyalty since the day he was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks uh, seven-some years ago, seven years ago or so. Uh, I love it. I love it. Loyalty, small market, no super team. And Giannis did it with a 50-piece uh, to cap it off. So, congrats to him and the Bucks, man. I love this. This was great for this was great for the NBA. They were one of those small market teams to win the title. Um, it was great for the NBA in this sense. You got another foreigner, and probably that's not even the right word to say, but you got a a foreign player, a, a global, Definitely. you know, yeah, a, yeah, a not American player, a non-American player uh, to win the best with the best. I'm sorry, the best player was a non-American player, Giannis, and Giannis Antetokounmpo to win a championship and finals MVP. I think the last time we saw that was uh, Dirk with the Dallas Mavericks in 2014, whatever that was. Um, yeah. Look, let me, let me, let me deviate from the bucks a little bit. If you're, if you're Damian Lillard, you hate this, you love it, but you hate this, right? Because you, you, there's another guy who preaches loyalty and he can't seem to get a team built around him that could compete for an NBA championship. Um, if you're Phoenix, your window may be closed because I don't know if I'm praying Chris Paul $40 million to do what he just did, which was give away four games uh, in a row. You know, again, I, maybe I'm wrong for just not giving the proper credits to Milwaukee, but they want it fair and square. Let me, how about this? Here's a better question. TV, who's the best player in the basketball? Who's the best player in basketball? Who's the best player in the world right now? What? Okay. That I mean, pause, like, I can appreciate the pause because that's what I've been trying to get. That's what I've been trying to relay to a lot of people. I, I get it. Giannis dropped the 50 piece in this championship clinching game. He, you know, gets finals MVP. You can make the case that he was the best player all postseason. Make the case. The best player in the world right now, TV, in my opinion, is Kevin Durant. I, I get it. Yeah. Giannis, uh, Giannis won the final game of the season. The Capital Finals MVP. But I'm sorry, Kevin Durant outplayed Giannis in the postseason in that series. It just so happened injuries are part of the game. Exactly. And he didn't have his guys to ride along with them. Kevin Durant, in my opinion, is the best player in basketball. Shouts out to the Milwaukee Bucks, please. Like, they deserve yeah. it. I love to see Milwaukee celebrate like that. Great. Thank you, Giannis. 
for you know he's he's a great ambassador of the game. He just uplifted the sport with this championship. He just uplifted Greece. He just uplifted heading into the Olympics. Um, this you know the the notion that the world is caught up with American basketball. He just did that for the sport and the NBA. Thank you, Giannis. Absolutely. But no, he is not the best player in basketball. I I see and I agree. And I would pick Kevin Durant as well. I mean, LeBron James is on the down downside. Not, not, not that LeBron James isn't still a great basketball player, and he's not. Yes, still, still elite. elite. Please, still obviously, elite. Like, obviously. But I, I would agree. Kevin Durant would be my pick. So here's why this is great. And, I, and I'm glad you brought the, the best player up. This is why it's great for, for the NBA. This might be the first time we've seen someone who we aren't willing to consider the best player in the NBA win a title in the last, what, five, six, seven eight year, I don't know, a long time, because other every other year we have who we think as a sports world is the best player in the NBA playing for a title. This might be the first year we didn't have that, and that's great because it happens a lot in baseball. It happens a lot in football where we may not always see the best player that we think in that sport is playing yeah. for the title because – I don't know, maybe the NBA's – this year, maybe it looked like more of a team sport rather than that one player. Um, and, again, Kevin Durant injuries, LeBron James and the Lakers, a lot of injuries, and they just were kind of sluggish um, throughout the year and, and COVID. Uh, bouncing back from COVID obviously had a lot to do with that. So maybe maybe that's, that's all it was. But I think it looks great for the NBA to see someone who we aren't willing to right away say, yes, he's the best player in the NBA, uh, win a title. So – I think, yeah. I think it's a good look. Think, think, I think it makes it more exciting, right? We're not we're not like, oh, yeah, LeBron and Curry are back in the finals again, you know, so. Yeah. You're mean Mercedes? You want to do that? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's jump into another baseball topic. You're mean Mercedes, like you said, um, retired, but only momentarily as he un- unannounced his retirement following that. Um I'll ask you first, Kelvin. What are your thoughts on this before I jump into jump into it? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've seen things like this before. I think none of them stick out well enough for me to remember names. I'm sure this has been done before. Um, look, I, let me. I was tough on Tony Larusa when he had an issue. I think with this same player, yes, uh, a month or two ago. Okay. I was tough on him saying, hey, you got to back your players, all right? I got to give him credit now. I got to be fair. The guy retired, okay? He's been in a slump as of the last two months, okay? He's, he's just He's been playing uh, a bad brand of baseball. He was demoted at some point this year to sit back down at AAA. Mm-hmm. The fact that Tony could call this man up, because I'm assuming that's what he did, that's, that's what he would have to do as just as the manager. He called him up and said, hey, I need you back in the – I need you back in baseball, man. Like this, whatever, whatever you're going through mentally, and whatever is holding you back from being producing, because he was a highly touted prospect coming into uh, the Major League Baseball, and he has had some good seasons. Or I think he's a second year player, so he has had a good rookie season, um, and he was a big part of what they did last year. Cardinal yeah. said, I need you at this level. Uh, we can get this worked out. So I was tough on him then. I got to give him credit now for whatever he said to the young man to get him back up here, uh, back on the Major League Baseball team, and and try to see if he can switch his season around or turn his season around. Because, hey, the White Sox are a good team. They lead a bad division. 
I think they should be in contention for best team in the American League and possibly a World Series title because we talked about this before. I don't view any one team in the American League um, as a lock or better than anybody else. It's relatively even across the board. So, again, I was tough on La Russa then. I got to give him credit now for just doing his job, right, learning from his mistakes. Clearly, he's dealing with a tough player. Like, this guy <laughs> – I don't know what the hell this guy has going on uh, <laughs> mentally because, yeah, yeah just, just, I don't know. Your mean Mercedes, I watched him play a lot just over the last two seasons, given that he's in my division. He's mm. talented. He can, he can play. Uh, he's, a good, he's a good defensive catcher. Not great, but he's he's, he's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, clearly something is going on with this guy. La Russa, there's your credit. Absolutely. And I'm glad, I'm glad you went there because I, I was going to bring that up, knowing that Mercedes was the guy. Who yeah. hit the three? Hit the three-zero fastball for a home run. Yes. The yeah, Russa yeah. told him that he shouldn't have done it. Yada yada yada. Actually, he told media that it shouldn't have happened. It was a bad move. Uh, you know the the whole unwritten rule thing, which no one believes in anymore. Which I'm okay with because I think it's silly as well. Uh, but look, I had mentioned I had mentioned La Russa. Hey, he's old school. Let him do his old school thing. Um, and then now we've got the same guy retiring and unretiring from baseball. <laughs> um, like like you said, that's got to be Larusa calling what? him up, telling him like, "Look, man, you're you need to stick it out. You know, stick it out. You're a good enough ball player. You can you can keep going." Um, and the one moment that this reminds me of, and it's not even exactly the same, but it's the most recent that I can remember. And I don't know his name. Like you said, it's hard to remember names, but I can remember the situation. It wasn't that long ago. Buffalo Bills safety retired from maybe Miami Dolphins. Nonetheless, one of those two teams, I know for a fact it was one of those two, their safety retired from football in the at halftime of a game. Fonte Davis, cornerback. Yes. yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what this reminded me of. Like I said, it's not even the same thing, but it's, it's such a weird situation that that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. So uh, how about this? Put a cap on this, a button on it. I don't know how well this votes for Chicago as a locker room and going forward. Um, because if this seemingly, if if Tony LaRusso is still learning, relearning how to manage again in the Major League Baseball locker room, because this isn't the 1980s and 90s. This isn't the early 2000 Cardinals. This is a younger, refreshed 2021 baseball team. All right. This is, you know, his brand of baseball, that old school style, is over. How does that vote well for this player and for this locker room going forward? I don't know if championship teams have distraction like distraction like this. I guess that's where I'm getting at. Yeah, this is a talented team. Their top player and probably Tim Anderson, mm -hmm. um, good player. I love him. I, I don't know. I just I don't know if he's. I don't know. I don't know if this team. I just don't know. I don't know what where I was getting at with Tim. I just don't know if this votes well for a championship-winning team. Maybe they, this is the growing pains of having to get to that level. So I, I'm a yeah. prediction now. They won't get far because I just don't know how tight they are to their manager and tight are they with each other. I, did, I, I question that. Like with little things like this happening, I, did, I question if things are being ran properly in that locker room. I hear, I hear you. Um, I think, I think you're looking in very, like very, in, very much in depth. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say too far in depth because I don't know if you can ever go too far um, when you're looking into something like that. I don't, so, so I'm not going to say too far, but you're looking very much in depth. Um, 
and, and I get that it could potentially be an issue, but we don't know why Yerman Mercedes, like, did he announce, like, like, he wasn't having teammate trouble, I don't think. I don't think he announced that it was teammate issues. So, I mean, unless if there was actually trouble in the clubhouse and now he's returning back, then yeah, I would say. But I don't know if there was any turmoil before he announced his retirement. Um, you know, maybe he just wasn't confident in himself. Maybe he wanted a break from baseball. Maybe he was, you know, a little down on himself and his play. And La- like like we said, maybe LaRusa called him back and was like, hey, man, you know, think this through, you know, you don't, I, I don't think you should retire. You know, you still got plenty of time left to, to make it in this league. So, you know, if it was one of those things, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Uh, will it, will it keep them from going to the world series? I don't think so. Um, unless if, again, unless if there's actual in, in the clubhouse, a lot of turmoil that we don't know about, I don't think this is a good ball team. I think can overcome something as minor as, you know, their catcher, um, who's been up and down all year, retiring and then coming back to the team. I think, you know, if this was a Tim Anderson retiring and coming back to the team, I think they'd have some trouble uh, because th- then clearly something's going on. But with Yerman Mercedes, since he's been up and down all year anyways, I'm going to say that this doesn't keep keep them from, you know, potentially making it to the World Series. Uh, unless, again, unless if we hear some news of there was actually a lot of drama or whatever going on inside that clubhouse. All right. Let me just say this. It's the catcher. All right. He's a pivotal part of, of all baseball teams. It, it, it's the catcher now. Right. We look at the, some of the best catchers. You you would know having watching your Hall of Fame catcher over the last decade and a half. Hall of Fame. The, um, Hall of Fame, yes. He's, he's, he's the catcher. This is the guy now. It's not like – it's not it's not the first baseman or the left fielder now. It's the catcher with I all guess. of the – you know, so. But it's also uh, German say, Mercedes, not Buster yeah. Posey or Yadier Molina. <laughs> I'm, right, right, right. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not discrediting him. I'm just saying, like, yeah. it is a different level of catcher too, especially since he's spent some time in the minors this year. But, hey, that, but that's my point. If he wants to get to Posey, Molina, Salvi, and so on, hey, you need to get on. You need to be on tap. You know, okay. you just need to be on your stuff. So, For sure. Yeah, let's stay with baseball. It's Friday. Uh, so we got to bring you guys our weekly Cardinals and Royals update. Uh, I, I, I will say this. My previous two updates weren't that good. So this one, a little bit better, okay? It should be. be. A bit yeah, it, it will be just a little bit better. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll get it deleted. We lost, dating back to last Friday, July 16th, we lost two of three from the Baltimore Orioles. Um who has been surprisingly better, not good, but they've been better than, you know, how they were portrayed coming into the season. But we, we they took two of three from us at home. We bounced back and sweep a two-game series against the NL Central leading Milwaukee Brewers. Thank you. <laughs> and now we open up uh, back at home against – for some reason, I, I I don't understand this. I guess a team who has had our number all of this season, we open up a three-game home series against the Detroit Tigers this Friday. So uh, we're three and three in our last six coming off the All-Star break. All-Star break. Um, the Royals haven't looked bad. They haven't looked great, but they look like they're just. I know they have. I think we lost what two starting pitchers, and they've they've found a way just to hold their heads above water just through six games. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really have a lot coming out of the All-Star break. They're playing, they're playing good baseball. So, hopefully 
Uh, they can just continue to ride this wave. They Again, they take two from the Milwaukee Brewers. You get a bad Detroit Tigers team coming to town uh, in your first home series since the All-Star break. Uh, the White Sox follow with that. So this is a good chance just to get some Ws under your belt. Again, given what's happening with Chicago, I don't I don't know where they're at mentally uh, right now. So, look, this, I, again, this is a good opportunity to win some ball games. Let's hope we can get off on the right foot against the, the darn it Tigers. I don't know why they kick our butts off. I don't know. I don't want to explain now. I just don't get it. Uh, clearly one of the worst teams in baseball, but they can beat the hell up on the Royals for some reason. So, yeah, uh, they're trying to end that, that, that notion, that narrative right here and get off on the right foot. Yeah, it's weird, right? How that how that works. Like you play down to those lower teams, but you can play up to the Brewers and sweep them. Yeah. Um, and and in fact, I'm gonna do a little plug here real quick uh, for the Joplin Globe for my design the other night after you guys swept the Brewers. It was actually a four game series season sweep. Um, all four games you played against the Brewers this year, you guys won. So I called yeah, it royal. I called it royally swept on the. Uh, mm on the newspaper because the Brewers were royally swept in all four games uh, nice. this season against the Kansas City Royals. So, yeah, you guys clearly had had the Brewers' number this year for whatever reason, like the Tigers have your numbers. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys can turn that around against the Tigers because the Royals, I mean, look, probably not, probably not going to catch the White Sox, but if you guys could at least turn it around and, uh, you know, make the make the gap a little closer, it'd be, it'd be nice. Yeah, so one more, a, couple, a few more things. Danny Duffy, our, he's not our ace, but um, he's he's really been the best pitcher we've had all season. Most consistent, really. He was placed on a ten day uh, IL, almost an AL, ten day IL. We lost another starting pitcher in Brady Singer. Um, Michael A. Taylor's day to day with a wrist injury. Uh, yeah, so we're and that's that's not even counting Adel Belter. Uh, what you know, he's injured all the time. Oh, so I don't really care to say his name correctly. He he been on the IL all season. So Mondesi. Yes, I I'm just so frustrated with the guy because it's, it's unbelievable, man. It's, I it blows my mind. Yeah. Um, but speaking of young prospects, the Royals uh, designated our two really two of our top prospects uh, to AAA baseball. And um, Nick Prado and Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby Witt Jr. is our he's our he's our he's our savior uh, supposedly. So uh, to know that he's one step away uh, from the show, man, the big leagues that's that's pretty cool to know. And he'll be joined by Nick Prado, so who's been in the system for quite some time now. So uh, that's I guess that's our our Royals update. TV, let's move the cards. So the Cardinals, man, uh, right before the All Star break. Which I don't think we we did much uh, talking about about baseball because because of Friday missing the Fridays right before the All Star break the Cardinals were kind of looking better they had won two out of three against the Giants and then uh, before that they had played the Cubs which I don't think they fared too well against the Cubs now that I think about it but they had won two out of three against the Giants right before the All Star break uh, they turned around from the All Star break and they played the Cubs again uh, so we went two out of no we played the Giants again that's what it was so it was. Doesn't matter the order. Nonetheless, we played the Giants right after the All Star break. We went two out of three against them right after playing the Cubs and Giants right before the All Star break, and then we follow up that Giants series after winning two out of three with the Cubs again. A series we just ended, a four game series where we win three out of four, and the one game we lose, Kelvin, we were winning six to one in the ninth freaking inning. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we blew that one with uh, allowing six runs in the ninth inning uh, to to lose seven to six. 
but we were up 6-1, so we threw a couple of relievers who don't usually get to throw. Uh, they struggled pretty pretty bad, and then our closer came in to try and slam the door, and he was unable to do so. Uh, they had already gotten a couple of runs, and they had already loaded the bases, so he came in with he came in with a lot of pressure and wasn't able to slam the door, so we, we blew that game. Uh, but nonetheless, we went three out of four against the Cubs, two out of three against the Giants. Uh, what I guess that leads to five out of seven. Five out of seven in our last seven games. So, I mean, that's that's great. Um, I'm happy with that. And like I mentioned, I, I think this team, I, t- I told you Tuesday, I think this team is on the verge of really turning it around. The hitting is getting better. Starting pitching looks good. Uh, we have our two good starting pitchers on on the brink of returning. Miles Michaelis is expected to um, throw a – um, rehab have a rehab assignment here soon, and then Jack Flaherty's right behind him. They're hoping the end of this month, maybe uh, the beginning of August, he will have his rehab assignment. So, those if those two guys can come back, man, I really expect this team to turn a corner in August and September. Uh, but nonetheless, Cardinals looking good. Um, five out of their last seven, they are only one game above 500 and still in third in the NL Central. Uh, if I'm, I don't remember, but I think we're like seven and a half or eight games behind the Brewers. So we definitely have a lot of work to do, but it's, it's doable. Yeah. So you, you guys take two or three from the giants. Yes. Um, who you can make the case has been the best team in ba- all of major league baseball. Yep. And again, this is post all-star break. Uh, yeah. you beat up on the Cubs who may sell everything. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, they may sell everything. It didn't. You got the hated rival in the Cincinnati Reds coming to town. We or do, you guys yeah. go to Cincinnati. That um, might be right. Nonetheless, we yeah. play the Reds. I don't remember now if it's at Cincinnati, but, yeah, that might be right. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think there anything else for the cards? No, I think that's it, man. I just – like okay. I said, I, I'm, I'm really excited. I think they're going to turn a corner. So, just, just real quick before we get into the dad jokes, the – Cleveland Guardians. Yep. Yes. What do you think about the, the, the new change of the name? And uh, are you feeling it? Yay, nay? So Cleveland Indians, of course, is what they are right now, and, and they will change next next season. But, yeah, Cleveland Guardians. Look, Kelvin, I, I don't know what it is, but I can't get this, like – it sounds like it's like a cartoon video game team name. I, I don't know why, but it sounds like it's like a, a joke. Uh, the Guardians. I. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I, th- I think it sounds weird, but you know, hey, maybe maybe I'll get accustomed to it and I'll like it more. Uh, but right now, I'm just feeling it's like a cartoon or video game team. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know. Like, uh, there hasn't been a lot of expansion or name changes since I've, um, you know, started loving sports. There hasn't been a lot of, you know, like new teams. Uh, you know, since what I would just say since 94, uh, I would say what the Expos, you get a couple of new hockey teams, uh, the WNBA. I, I don't, I, there isn't a name that I don't like, you know, there isn't a logo that I dislike. And uh, maybe I don't put a lot of, you know, I don't know, maybe I just don't put a lot of value in team outside of my actual teams, you know, my local teams and the Royals and, and Chiefs. So um, the the Cleveland Guardians, I don't hate it. I yeah, just recently watched the Guardians of the Galaxy, a Marvel superhero film. Um, I liked it, you know. So it, again, it just has Guardians. Is I didn't, you know, I I don't hate it. I love the logo though. I don't know if you've seen the logo by chance, uh, I did, but I love yeah. the logo. 
So, um, look, I, I, I'm more in support of the name change. You know, if I get it. Look, if 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 those people, and I say those people because I, I'm not too educated on who who really had the issue with it. Um, so I don't mean any harm when I say those people. So please, I, I sincerely mean that. But if if those people have an issue with the name and it's de uh, demeaning and it, yeah, it doesn't show the proper respects to their people. I'm all, I'm in full support of the name being changed. Um, look, I didn't really like Washington football team initially. Now I kind of love it. Actually, <laughs> I kind of love it. So um, again, I'm not that big into name changes and logos, never really cared. Uh, but I actually, I actually dig this one. I dig the name. I dig the logo. I'm really interested to see uh, TV, the jerseys. How do they? How does this like a new name, new style, new era? How, how how do you guys usher in new jerseys now? What 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 does this logo look like? The team colors, so on and so on. So, I I, yeah, I, I can yeah. do it. I can get behind it. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm not a fan of the name. Like I said, for some reason I just get this like cartoon Nickelodeon type feel. I don't know what, what it is, is. but anyway. <laughs> um, I do like the logo. The logo is pretty sick. Uh, I think they could make some dope jerseys with this too. Like, I do I'm too. talking. I think I these too. jerseys could be fun. And look, I'm with you because, like you said, the people that are bothered by this, I'm assuming mostly people with Native American backgrounds, stronger Native American backgrounds than myself, because I I don't really have one. I mean, I'm like, I have like a slight percentage of of Native American in me, but it's very small. So, like, people with true Native American backgrounds, I'm sure, are the people who, you know, are bothered by the name and would like to see the name change. That's why I support the name change. I'm for it. You yes. know, if, if there's people out there that want it, then, then you know, it, I think it's a good thing. Um, and plus, it never hurts a franchise to, to you know, mix it up, right? Like, the Cleveland Indians have struggled. Um, why not become the Cleveland Guardians? I think, like, again, I'm not a huge fan of the name, but why not change the name? and come up with some sick new uniform designs and, you know, have some fun with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, are the Kansas City Chiefs going to be down the line one of the teams that changes the name? Yeah, so I haven't really read, covered, heard a lot of pushback here in Kansas City about the name. I know the Chiefs have already taken steps, um, you know, just to make that, to make that transition. So there's no more of the Tomahawk chop, like the, the Indian chant or, you know, little thing that we do in, in Arrowhead stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've, I've heard discussions that they're going to not call it Arrowhead stadium as well, possibly. Um, so I, I don't, I, again, I haven't quite gotten the pushback, heard, read, um, written, the, you know, the, the pushback that the Cleveland Indians once had. Uh, it hasn't been that type of draw, but I just, surely I could see it heading that path. Uh, and it may take a little bit longer than it took for the Indians. Um, so, yeah, it, if that if that comes to flourishing, I would be all for it. If there are if there are Native American people, I guess that was the word I was looking for earlier. If there are Native American people who do not like that, look, change it. I would I would be the first person on that bandwagon, pointing the finger at Clark Hunt and say, "Hey, you got to change it." Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I would still love this team. Team the same, like it won't change anything for me. They'll still, they'll be. I'll be a Kansas City Chiefs fan at heart, but now we'll just be the Kansas City, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You know, for all I care, so. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter to me. So, yeah. um, with that being said, let's move in 
two deep dad jokes. Um, TV, I'll get us started here because I think I have a, I think I have a winning joke for you. Look, man, mine's gonna be tough to beat, but but let's hear yours. All right, here we go. <sighs> TV, where do trees go to learn? Where do trees go to learn? Is that what you said? Yes. I don't know. Elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that. I don't know how Elementary school. That's a good one. Elementary school. Um, all right, Kelvin. So the other night I, I drank some invisible ink, and uh, now I'm in the hospital just waiting to be seen. <laughs> That's another good one. Um. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not sure on a winner. I liked yours a lot. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I don't have a live studio audience, so they they can't choose format. Typically, I like to think that they like to choose your dad jokes anyway. So I, I I can actually appreciate not having a live studio audience today. I was in love with those guys at first, but now. I mean, let me um, let me check and see if my audience heard the dad jokes. Did did the audience hear the dad jokes today? Did you hear the invisible? Oh, she just heard the elementary one, so you win. Ah, uh, yeah, there we go, baby. <laughs> Thanks, live studio audience in Oklahoma. Much appreciated. <laughs> and there you have it. I get back on the winning board. We get back to it with our cards and rose updates and dad jokes on our on a Friday. Uh, TV, we're another episode in, man. Absolutely, another full Friday episode. Feels good to get our get our updates in and another dad joke. Yes, look, me and TV appreciate the time. Uh, TV was on time with the you know do of silence. Uh, I thank okay. him for that. You guys, hope you guys enjoy that, and we will be back on. Tuesday. Thank you guys for listening.